library book. I think we're just going to call it Reading the Library Book all the way through because we are not so far from the end. The podcast is called Reading the Library Book. The book will be called whatever it will be called. (laughs) Anyway, this chapter is uh, chapter 30 and it is called The Board Meeting. When the blinding light of the travel book had faded, we were in the most crowded room I have ever been in. It was packed tight with people and animals and a giant table. It didn't smell great, but it was very exciting. There was a lot of chatter, a lot of discussion, and a lot of animated gesturing. Eamon and I made our way towards Sarkis, the elephant, and Mahout. They were the easiest to spot in the crowd. Despite the packed room, people moved easily out of our way. There was an expectant air and everyone seemed to shift at the slightest suggestion, waiting for the word. It was loud, though, and I found it all overwhelming. There were so many people in this room, people and animals. Almost all the animals I'd met before, but also a cheetah and an orangutan, a zebra and a llama, and so many more. I saw Cran, the tree librarian, and Kirzaka standing together. Across the way, I saw Jalissa standing with Axlam, Basra, Oswaldo, and Leopoldo. I waved at Jalissa enthusiastically, and she grinned and waved back. She pointed to the corner of the room, and I saw there my very own librarians, Ms. Derrida and Mr. Rodriguez, sitting at a small table poring over books. They were safe, after all. Dorothea hadn't been lying. I mimed some applause and cheers for Jalissa, who, when she received them, patted herself on the back. She pointed to Eamon and the camel with a questioning look, and I nodded and gave her a thumbs up. She gave me some mimed applause, and I patted myself on the back. On our way toward the elephant, we saw Toti, who whispered something in Eamon's ear and then joined us as we made our way to the other side of the room. We arrived at Mahout and the elephant and greeted everyone warmly. Then I saw Eamon say something in Mahout's ear, and she lifted Sarkis's ear and said something. Sarkis raised her trunk and made a very loud trumpeting sound that nearly knocked me over. The room went silent and looked in our direction. Eamon stepped onto a nearby conference chair and said, Selim. Librarians, libraries, and lovers of books of all sorts, thank you for gathering here to help us save Akita. If there is one thing that we can rely on, it is you, my intrepid colleagues, to do what is best for the books. I do not often discuss it, but some of you know that my ancestors were the first librarians of Akita, and Tabus, my library here, His ancestors were the first libraries. I know that all of them would be proud to see how quickly you all mobilized to be here today. Our plan was to meet here and go upstairs to their meeting room en masse. But I have just heard that the board has decided to meet in this room instead of where they had planned. This is good news for us since we are already here. But... 
We will have to do our best to be perfectly silent before they arrive so they do not suspect us and change their room again. We will try and press into the corners, away from the door, so they will not get the full effect of us until they are in. There will be a vote. If they move to postpone it, we will have to insist. Our librarians have done the research and your votes count, even if they tell you they do not. A librarian with a mouse on her shoulder opened the door and nodded at Eamon. Thank you, Mona, he said, nodding at her. Let us all press back and be silent. The board is on their way. Eamon hopped down, and I wouldn't have thought all of these people could get any closer together or move into the corners, but somehow we managed it. Like sardines squished into a can and stacked up on top of each other, leaving the path clear from the door. It was total silence. We waited, quietly. A large crowd of people and animals being quiet is somehow more quiet than quiet, and the atmosphere was full and exciting, though also anxious, of course. Then the door opened, and the chair strode in, followed by six other people. The chair was looking at a clipboard, and the rest of the board all had their heads down. They all made direct lines to their chairs and didn't seem to notice us. The chair headed straight to the head of the table. The others sat around the periphery. The last was the man in the rumpled suit we'd seen earlier, and he was about to sit when the chair asked him to close the door. He obliged, and when he turned around, he noticed us. He stood frozen to the spot by the door. He opened his mouth, but no sound came out. We all put our fingers to our lips to keep him quiet, but he looked unlikely to be able to say anything. He was clearly too surprised to speak. The chair looked up at him and gave him a sharp, Come on, Herbert! Poor Herbert had no idea what to do. He looked around and started to head back to his chair. His look led the chair to look around her as well, though, and she saw what had stunned Herbert into stillness. She took us all in, and her expression never changed. She gave us the same uninterested look as she swept her gaze around the room. Come for the meeting, have you? she asked. Well, keep quiet and try not to disturb us. We have important business to take care of, and we don't need any of your distracting chatter. She pulled out a sheet of paper and a gavel and said, The meeting of the board of Akita is called to order. In attendance, the chair... She gave herself a little flourish of a check mark next to her name, then proceeded to read the names of the board. I recognized a couple from reading the minutes of our earlier meetings. Also present, said the chair, the distaste dripping off her tongue like vinegar, an unruly crowd of rabble and animals. She looked around, practically daring someone to argue with her, but the group held its silence and its position. Well, said the chair, you all know the agenda for the day, so let's get right to it. The vote is either yes or no. Herbert raised his hand meekly. Yes, asked the chair. I know you shared this with us already, but which is which? It's just that quiet. We've gone over it and over it. You know what you're meant to vote. Yes, but all right. Yes, who votes yes? No one raised their hand. 
the chair smiled and wrote down a big zero on her paper. And how many no? She asked as she raised her hand and looked pointedly around the table. Each member of the board raised their hands dutifully. Some seemed ashamed and hung their heads as they did. Well, look at that, said the chair. It looks like the no's have it. We will not preserve the books of Akita as we remodel. The motion passes. It has not passed, said Amon, stepping forward. As a member of the Citizens Committee, I propose a vote to preserve the books and all those who support their preservation and distribution. All in favor. The crowd of animals and book lovers stepped forward. Many arms and paws and trunks were raised. All opposed, growled the chair, glaring at her board. About half of them obediently raised their hands, but the other half looked away and kept their hands down. What is this? The chair growled. Defectors! You really ought to consider what you're doing. Ah, well, she said as she counted the voters at the table. It doesn't matter. With my vote, we still have the majority, so we win regardless. So that is incorrect, said Mahout. There are at least a hundred of us here who have voted to preserve the books. The chair scoffed. Don't be ridiculous. Obviously, the board are the only members who are allowed to vote. She began to pack up her papers. Thank you all so much for your interest in this matter. It is so nice when people participate in their government. Now, we must be off. As she stood, the group pressed toward her, and the room was instantly as crowded as a city subway car at rush hour. The path to the door was blocked. Excuse me, she said, as she pushed her way past Axlam and Basra, the ostrich. Axlam stepped aside, but the ostrich did not. So the chair looked around for an alternate route. There was none. Could you get your beast to move, she said sharply to Axlam. Of course, of course, of course, Axlam said solicitously as she placed her hand on her library. The ostrich stepped back though the crocodile immediately moved into the place it had vacated. I will not be intimidated. You can't threaten me with your wild creatures. Move them at once, said the chair imperiously. Cooper pulled Plato back, and the space opened up again for a moment. But it was a long way from the head of the table back to the door, which was currently blocked by an elephant. And the path was blocked by a wide variety of animals and librarians. We would like our votes counted, please, said Toti, very quietly. Impossible, said the chair. We'd have to reorganize all the bylaws of how the board functions. The regulations are very clear. It is impossible. We will wait, said Oswaldo. We must be counted, if only for the documents of the meeting. I don't have time for this, said the chair, and stormed as far as she could get without running into anyone. No one held her back or stopped her. They just watched her storm. She kept talking as she got closer and closer to the door. The vote was carried. It's done. It's too late. The law is the law is the law. The law has passed. We must abide by it. You were too late. You ought to have done some research before you invaded a board meeting. A voice at the back of the room said something I couldn't make out. And a path opened up to reveal Miss Derrida my children's room librarian, sitting at the research desk, a book open before her. She had her glasses pushed up to the top of her head, and she was squinting ahead of her at the chair. 
What was that? the chair asked. I said we have done the research. Good, said the chair. Then you'll know that once the vote has passed, then the law is passed, and the rule of the law remains irrevocably. I do see that by law, yes, said Miss Derrida. Then you see that it's done now, and you can all go home. Not quite, said Miss Derrida, placing her fingers on one of the books. While it is true that the vote carried and will hold under the current circumstances, there is an exception to the rule. Is there? said the chair. No, there isn't. You can't just add things. There is an exception. Code 713, here in the Book of Bylaws of the Board of Akita, indicates that if a quorum of people of more than 25 gather together, their voices are equal to the vote of two board members. In other words, the vote that was taken earlier was inaccurate. The 100 citizens here count as eight board members, and so the vote carries in their direction with a wide majority. That's ridiculous. The law is the law is the law. The law has passed. It's not possible, said the chair. It is possible, said Miss Derrida. See? And she passed the book to the nearest wandering librarian, and hand over hand the book made its way to the chair, who stood tapping her foot, steaming and darting her eyes back and forth. The book made it into Mahout's hands, who held it open for the chair to see. She examined it, then pulled the book out of Mahout's grip. This isn't the official book, she said, peering at the binding in the cover. You'll find that it is, said Miss Derrida. The chair looked like she might explode. She got a dark look in her eye and then took hold of the page. You're right, she said calmly. It does seem to say that here. Then before anyone could stop her, she tore the page out of the book. The room was stunned. It doesn't say it anymore, she said. Why should I care what someone wrote in a book once? It's just a book. She crumpled up the page in her hand. Books, books, books. That's all you people care about is books. Well, there, that's what I think of your books, she said, tearing out another page. It's time for a change. Time for Akita to modernize. She was about to rip out another one, but before she could do it, Leopoldo caught hold of her sleeve with his teeth and gently pulled her hand away from the book. Simultaneously, Sarkis lifted the book from the chair's other hand with her trunk. The chair recoiled. Ugh! Whose beast is this? He's trying to eat me! Get him off! Oswaldo stepped forward. He is uh, just wanting to explain to you that the books are not just books. The books are the buildings for ideas. They contain them and help us know the ideas of people who came before and those who are here now and around the world. The rules are not the books. The rules are the agreements that we, the people and creatures of Akita, make to live by. While you may have torn the book, the idea remains, and we will write it down in a book. The chair was clearly distraught by the closeness of the burrow, but she said, I will not pretend to be lectured by a donkey. Get it off. He will let you go, but before he does, he is also just wanting you to tell us what you did with Johanna Yuditha, the music librarian, and also Bertram of the Library of the Eye. He will let you go when we know they are safe. 
They're safe. They're fine. Get him off. Herbert, in his baggy brown suit, raised his hand. They're at the withdrawal warehouse. The warehouse, the librarians all gasped. Yes, said Herbert, with all the withdrawn books. I always knew you'd betray me, said the chair to Herbert in a poisonous tone. I never thought I'd have the chance, he said gleefully. How do we get them back? I asked. The chair glared at me. Oh, look who it is, the little ruiner of plans. The burrow growled as he pulled on her sleeve harder. Herbert cleared his throat and said, To get them back, the chair has to send a message through interlibrary loan. She's got security around the place, and it's not just Johanna Uditha and the librarian of the eye. She's been collecting all kinds of people, Edna from Gate One, anyone who defied her. Many times I almost wished I was one of them, but I was not brave enough to resist. But then I'd have missed this, so, oh, catch her! The chair had taken off her jacket to escape the burrow and rushed to the door. She had been attempting to make an escape under the body of the elephant when two librarians reached under and pulled her out. Send the message, said Herbert. You need to release everyone in the withdrawn warehouse. Go on, we'll wait. Herbert brought over a book and an envelope. The chair took the pen that was offered her, filled in the papers in the book, and then placed them all in the envelope, all under the watchful eye of the board member. Satisfied, she asked with a sour look on her face. Very, said Herbert. Now, who can get this to the interlibrary loan the quickest? Akslam looked around and then raised her hand. We can, we can, we can. Yes, I think it is us, she said. Herbert handed the envelope to her and she rushed out the door with Basra. Now, if you'll excuse me, said the chair, trying to follow her. Certainly, said Herbert, though you should know that once you're gone, I plan to propose a vote removing you from the board and instituting an oversight citizens committee to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. What's happened to you, Herbert? asked the chair. Y you had me scared, I will confess. I imagined you could withdraw me like everyone else who displeased you, and so I always did as you asked, but these courageous people showed me what a fool I've been. I've just found I have a spine after all. What unfortunate timing, grumbled the chair. Don't you want to stay and vote, he asked. I resign from the board, said the chair, effective immediately. We accept, said Herbert. And with that, everyone in the room stepped to the side so the elephant could step to the side, creating a broad passage for her to the door. She held her head high, though it was clear how furious she was. There was a great hush in the room as she made her exit. Then once the door was closed, the room erupted in cheers. It was a very joyful noise. So that's a, a longer chapter than usual. And we have dispatched with the chair. Um, are you satisfied? That is my question. Do you, do you feel satisfied with her uh, exit? Tell me if you, yeah, just let, let me know how you feel about that. 
Um, and did it, did, there's a lot of different people and everybody's kind of all in one room and it may be confusing. So please do tell me if there's any parts that are like, who's talking? What is this? What's happening? Um, so let me know if there's parts that you found um, confusing and that you lost a uh, sense of what was going on. So those are kind of the two questions I have for you about this chapter. And the places to send them to me are leandrolibrary at gmail.com, or you can leave me a voicemail message at 646-847-8758. And what else? I think that's all. If you uh, would like to recommend the podcast to someone, that would be very nice. Um, so pass it on. We, if the, the more people that are listening, the more feedback I get and the more helpful it is. So if you have friends who you think would enjoy the podcast, please do let them know. Um, and uh, I think that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time.